Played a lot, you know, because our defense was playing lights out all night. And we wasn't, you know, doing what we usually do, putting points on the board for those guys. But so I'm grateful we have a great defense, you know, because without them, we don't know how this game would have went. I thought we spread the ball around. I thought we, um, you know, changed up things schematically and, and did different things, launch points. Um, I thought we attacked attacked uh, down the field there early when they were in split safeties and we weren't going to let them sit in that comfortably all day. Uh, we did what we needed to do. I, I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush and, and act like Eureka. You know, we did what we need. We did what we needed to do to win the day and we'll keep pushing. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Brother from Another. I'm so excited to be here just in general. One, it's in general. I'm excited to be here. Two, I'm specifically excited to be here with my sister, Rita Hubbard. The NFL chick, Rita Hubbard, is here. And Rita, uh, yeah. uh, for, those watching on, uh, for those watching on Peacock TV, we appreciate you. Uh, love you. Those watching on YouTube, however you consume podcasts, listening on Sirius XM Channel 85. Welcome to Brother from Another. We just do a little bit of everything and we do it in an authentic and honest way. Now, uh, speaking of authenticity and honesty, Rita, uh, you're, you, you love the Baltimore Ravens. I know that. You can talk about all sorts of things, but, you know, you're rooted in Baltimore. You stand up for Baltimore. And we just heard Lamar Jackson and Mike Tomlin talking about their respective teams, the Ravens and Steelers, with all apologies to the Cleveland Browns. It's not personal. It's just business. Cleveland, I don't think y'all are really in this race, even with the win over Baltimore and the same record as Pittsburgh. I think, as usual, it's going to come down to the Steelers and Ravens for the AFC North. And Rita, tell me why. Tell me why you think the Ravens are going to win this division. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to turn around and tell you why they can't, why they won't. But you tell me why they will. I'm going to tell you what you was about to tell me. So let's, let's, let's go there. I'm going to tell you what you were about to tell me, but then I'm going to tell you why you was, why you're wrong in that, in that uh, logic. Okay? okay. Because look, okay. I, I completely understand why you came up with and said that you think that the Steelers is going to win. They are very well coached. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously they look decent um, now against uh, the Bengals with uh, Matt Canada being gone. I understand. Yeah, yeah. But there's a couple of things here, right? Uh, oh, also, okay. when you look at the Steelers' schedule down the stretch, the last five games are much more yeah. uh, simpler compared to the Ravens, yeah. who have the hardest schedule down oh, the stretch. My goodness. I completely understand the logic, completely. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I get it. I, that's what you was going to tell me. I already know, okay? I'm going to just go ahead and take the words out of your mouth because I understand that that's what you was going to say. And look, it is completely valid. All those things are valid. But l- let me give you a couple of things here. Uh, first okay. and foremost, the Bengals, who I told everybody back in August uh, that they were not going to be good on defense. They are the 30th ranked defense right now. They lose base, they lose Bell to free agency, and they have not been good on that back end. I am not surprised here that they are not good on defense. So, look, is it good for the Steelers to have 400 yards of offense because that's the first time that they've outgained somebody all year? Sure. I am not going to take that away from them. They did look much better. However, I'm just not going to clap it up for against a defense that's not good and has not really been good essentially all year. Also, you know who the last game of the season is? Do you? Oh, I know. Oh, oh, I know what's up. Oh, I know, you know where, where the game is. is. And do you know where I it know is? I know where at the bank. 
at the, at bank? the bank. It is at oh, the I know. bank. It is oh, at the we, bank. Oh. So look, yes, they might be yes. neck and neck at that point. They could be neck and neck, neck. at that point. You better but hope. You better hope they're neck and neck. They, they, you better hope they oh, neck and no, neck. They at that better point. hope that they neck and neck. Because as of right now, the Ravens are in first place and they're not. So they better hope that they yeah. neck and neck. Okay. Now Rita. I definitely think that the Steelers are, are going to because they've been doing this all year, Holly. They've been finding ways to win football games that a lot of us feel like that they should not be in. But that's what happens when you have a great coach like mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin that can get mm-hmm. these guys going. My thing is, is that when it comes down to it. And they at home, they meaning the Ravens. I think that, they, look, they're already pissed off about that first loss because they know that they shouldn't have lost that be. game. That is, so, and they, they should, should be. be, absolutely. The mm-hmm. All three losses that they have, they beat themselves up. It ain't like the team beat them up either in any of them, including. Now, Rita, the hold on. Hold, Rita, 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 you, you no. say you're, you're from Baltimore. You're from Baltimore, right? Yeah. You're from Baltimore? Now, when you say stuff like that, you sound like you're from San Francisco. The excuse makers of the night, and you, you and you know, you know that's not no. that ain't Baltimore. No that's San Francisco no, making the those excuses. Be, the excuses are that they put their, took their foot Come off on. the gas. There's no excuse. They they were in position to win. The probability of winning and going in every single game that they had was over ninety five percent, and then they found a way to squander them away because they don't know how to close games. They know this though. They when I talked to Jadavian Clowney, he is he was very he unhappy. He felt like that they should be undefeated. They know that they are their own worst enemy. So it's not that the Ravens feel like anybody can beat them. Although when you look at their schedule coming down the stretch, it's a couple of losses I feel like they might have here, which is problematic. That being said, if it comes down to the wire and they're tied, I'm taking the Ravens at home. I'm just, I'm going to do it because that that defense for the Steelers outside of TJ White, outside of Highsmith, ain't doing that good either, baby. Ooh, ooh, and and I like you're so good, Rita. You're so good that you just put in. If it comes down to the wire, Baltimore reference. If it comes down to the wire, I'm going <laughs> with the Ravens. Hey, I mean that's just dope. Okay, now look, let's just get to it. You know, I have so much respect. I have respect for the Baltimore Ravens. They just their name has credibility here. The Ravens are credible. The Ravens are inside the velvet rope. The Ravens are uh, in the upper room, okay? We, like, I, I got love for the Baltimore Ravens. But you mentioned that schedule, and, and I think you kind of glossed it over because I, I did some I numbers didn't here. Gloss I did some it numbers. Over. I, I said it's fair. Well, I said that the point is valid. But, yeah, but, I, but let's, get, let's go in there a little deeper. These opponents, the Ravens' remaining opponents, have a record where they're, they're 17 games over 500. Yep. That's combined record. 17 games over 500. The Steelers' opponents are eight games under 500. Yep. And so, I mean, I'm looking at the, at, at the Jaguars. Oh, that's a tough game. And, and quite frankly, that Rams game, the only game where the opponent is under 500, that's not a, that's not a, a gimme. So they got five and six against the Rams. Then they play three straight eight and three teams at Jaguars at Niners. Then the Dolphins, who you had beat last year, and then they exploded. Tua went crazy. Tyreek Hill went crazy, and you blew that game against the Dolphins. Yep. Then you have the Steelers, who you already lost to, who you already blew a game to. I, I, I'm telling you, um, 
I'm going to stand by my statement. They better hope it comes down to the last game because the Steelers 2 and 10 the next game the Cardinals stink. They stink out loud. They're yep. 2 and 10. They got they they're going to be away from Arizona and they still stink. You can still smell them away from Arizona. <laughs> the Patriots at stink. 2 and 9. Stink. That, that they stink so bad the Patriots are like a a good I, you know, man, as a matter of fact, I don't even have the Patriots in the final four for the college football playoffs. We'll talk about that later. They, they don't even deserve to be in that conversation. They don't deserve in that conversation. They're so bad. They don't. They play this little college, this collegiate game where they said, we're not going to name our starting quarterback. It might be Mac Jones. It might be Bailey Zappi. Who knows? We cut Will Greer. We bring him back. Malik Cunningham might be him. And then you've got the Colts. The Bengals, who you just you just dogged them out, so I'm gonna take your words for it. Uh, <laughs> at the Seahawks, tough game, and then final game of the year: Steelers Ravens. Uh, Rita, I'm just so thankful that this matchup exists. Steelers Ravens. I like. Where do you rank them? This like for those who don't understand the psychology, the psyche of your typical Ravens fan. When you think about your number one rival, is it the Steelers? Is it somebody like, is it, is it Pittsburgh who you just, that leaves a nasty taste in your mouth? You just don't like the sight of them? Is it Pittsburgh still? No, I mean, but it, it is the number one rivalry, but I think that there's too much respect there in, in, in between the franchises, which probably might not be a good thing at this point. So it doesn't leave <laughs> a nasty taste in your mouth because there's respect there. The ones that leave the nasty taste in your mouth in the AFC North are the Cincinnati Bengals because they do a lot of talking and they ain't got no hardware to back it up. The Steelers got six <laughs> rings. The Ravens got two rings. You know, the Browns don't really do too much. They they know that every time they, they start talking, things go bad, so they don't really do a lot of talking, but they got psyched up by, you know, going to two AFC championship games, going to a Super Bowl, and they just got a little mouthy. And it's funny because, Holly, ironically, you know, the enemy of the enemy is your friend. So Ravens and Steelers fans have kind of like collaborated here on the tagging back and forth of Bengals uh, fans. So it's a very interesting uh, division for sure. I think that there's a lot of respect there, um, but it is still one of, in my opinion, one of the best rivalries that the NFL has to offer. No question. And I, I think, uh, and I don't know if the still, and here, here's the irony, you know, Baltimore, Baltimore, like, I'm just let's keep it a buck. Baltimore is a better team than Pittsburgh. Um, Baltimore has a lot more ways to win games, but it's just really scheduling. It come down to scheduling, and that was really a bad loss. They've actually had two bad losses in the division. They're only two. Uh, the, the the loss to uh, they lost to Cleveland, right? Yes. Yeah, they lost to Cleveland, and they had that, that double digit lead uh, in the points. second half. Fourteen points. In the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Yeah. Two. So I really think it's going to come down to this. It's going to come down for the division. I like the Steelers over the Ravens. But if you say pick a team, oh, I'm on that fence. I'm dancing on the fence now because I picked the Steelers. I'm getting everything I want. So I picked the Steelers. Not to, I don't want any fan base to at me. So I'm placating. <laughs> I'm placating them both. I think the Steelers win the division. I think the Ravens, if I have to pick one team to go far in the playoffs, 
I'm going to go. The Ravens can go further in the playoffs uh, than the Steelers. And I just want to point out, bring that back up, Gary and, and Natalie. Bring that back up. That little uh, that little graphic where I said I'm going to go with the Steelers. Uh, you have to know Pittsburgh to know. You really can't take that brother too seriously. A brother wearing a Point Park University hoodie, which is in downtown Pittsburgh, my alma mater. Got love for you. Thank you. Uh, of course. I mean, I, a, a guy who went to Point Park picking Pittsburgh. That's like, I might as well wear like a thousand like sweatshirt or Morgan State, something like that. I mean, come on. Right. Then I picked the Ravens. So can you I really mean, take me seriously? Can you take me seriously? Listen, all your points is valid. I, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about that because it, it, the scheduling is very hard for the Ravens. That is for sure. I, my, 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 what I think is going to happen here is that both the Ravens and the Steelers are going to have a three and two stretch. And by the Steelers three and two, that means a late, a Ravens loss, which means that the Ravens win the division. But look, we've seen this before. The Steelers one time was 11 and zero a couple years ago. And look, they are what they are. Nobody thought that they should have been there either, but ultimately they are just a well-coached team. And it's funny how, you know, we think that they're having down years. We think that they're, they don't have a, a whole lot of talent. And then somehow, some way, they continue to find ways to win football games. I think Mike Tomlin and Nick Saban got the same deal. I think that they got the, some type of soul deal going on because I just don't understand it. You know, you see what happened in the Alabama game last Saturday. Then yeah. you see the Steelers just oh. coming out, finding ways to win games. Did you did y'all sign the same soul agreement? I want to know. Because how do y'all just continue yeah. to find your way into conversations that we feel like we put y'all dead in the water and y'all just slowly rise up and find a way to resurrect yourselves. (laughs) And and I tell you, as as we put the music on, as we put the music on, uh, I'll say you raise an interesting point. Is it the same agreement that Nick Saban and Mike Tomlin have? And okay, and I'm going to say this because I'm going to be saved by the music before you start to judge me. Can I get some of that? Can I get that same? Me agreement? too. Okay. Can Hello? I get? Hello? Ooh. All right. Hey, don't judge me. You might take it too. Y'all Just might take bit. it too. Just one little bit. All right. Listen. Hey, 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 Rita. I'm gonna make myself available to be punched around, to be yeah. uh, to be laughed at, to be mocked. We'll we'll start with live moves coming up in a couple minutes. And then Vinny, Vinny Goodwill's gonna be here. I'm sure he got something to say about a college football game. I, you know, I didn't see it. Uh, something happened oh. on Saturday. And, oh, you were busy that day, huh? I, I, I don't know what happened. I, I hear people talking about it, but oh. uh, I don't I'm believe. I'm going to remind you real quick. Coming up. I, <laughs> well, now we know. Uh, Russell has not really been. He hasn't been that guy. Okay, we don't talk about him like that. Mm. As that if, He's not that. Oh, we don't talk about him as MVP candidate. No, we don't. And Russell Wilson, from a numbers perspective, I believe is a top six in essentially every category right now. He's actually playing really good football. You want to talk to me about Russell's stats? You brought Russell's up. never a stat guy. I want to talk about his stats. The only <laughs> stat that matters for me with quarterbacks is. Did you win or not? So it's been easy to make Russell Wilson the villain this season, but numbers don't lie. He has not had a bad year. 
He just hasn't had a team that showed up around him. I think there's some apologies that need to be thrown to Russell Wilson. I'm not saying by you. Oh, wait by the a pu- minute. Oh, yo, wait no, I'm not going to wait a, a second. I'm serious. You wrestle people. I'll tell you, yeah, you wrestle, you wrestle people. I'm going to make, make a deal it. with you. You want to make a deal? Make. Let's make a deal. I will give Russ his praise, everything, and apologies when they go over 500. Because your job, Russ, is not to compile stats. Your job is to find a way. Six and five. If they're six and five, I will just I will I will just gush about Russ. And I'll even say, let's ride. He's my favorite quarterback in football. He's my favorite quarterback, Russell Wilson. I love you, Russell Wilson. I apologize to you for doubting your ability to lead the Denver Broncos. The championships uh, uh, to, to a winning record by passing consistently for over 200 yards. Oh, except you didn't do that. Um, for for uh, being the reason uh, it, that's a that's a jacked up that's a jacked up apology right there. Let me take it. Very shady. Take two. Right. Um, right. Russell. Very shady. I'm I'm sorry if you were offended by the truth I told. No, no, that's not good either. Um, Russell, good job being six and five. Good job being six and five because that's the reason they brought you to Denver. To be six and five, and then on the on the edge of wild card playoff contention, and about two or three games behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, in the, no, that doesn't work either. Russell, I'm sorry. You've done a good you job. Suck at Turn apologies. it around. Let's uh, just call it what it is. How's that, Liv? Hey, Liv, you I apologize. Suck at apologies. He's, they're six and five. They've done a good job. And in all seriousness, Liv, I got to mm-hmm. give it up. Because in September, especially after that 70 point beatdown that they gave up 70 points and they didn't lose by 70, but they gave up 70 points to the uh, to the Miami Dolphins. I thought Russ would be on the bench. I thought Sean Payton yeah, was going Russ, back to broadcast. Russ didn't give up 70 points. Russ didn't give up 70 points. I know he did. Why would Russ I know on the he did. Joseph led defense right there. I, I, I just thought he would be an unintended consequence. Okay, okay, he might be on the bench. The advanced Joseph might be looking for work elsewhere. And I'm not the only one who said that now. You Colorado, no, I, I you Coloradans. As a Broncos fan, I said it. Yeah, that defense was embarrassing. Okay. I, I got you there. I'm with you there. And I thought and I thought Sean Payton was going back to, to Fox or well, going back to broadcasting or something because he looked like <laughs> that he wasn't he wasn't quite the guy. He wasn't quite the guy for the moment. And Look, they got a shot. Live, live, and Rita, they have a shot now. They have dug themselves out of the hole, and you know mm-hmm. what happens? You spend a lot of energy getting yourself out of that hole, and now you've raised expectations again. And a few of their games down the stretch, they're not going to be the oh, here come the Broncos. Can they do it? They're going to be expected. They're going to be expected to win these games. And the question now is. Can you survive? Can you deliver as a favorite, not necessarily as an underdog? So it really has come back to Broncos as favorite, not the favorite, but a favorite when you look at their schedule. Liv and Rita, can the Broncos get the job done now with six games to go and in at least half of those games, if not more, they're going to be expected to win. Take it away, Rita. 
No. Okay. Well, yes, I'm going to go with, I'm going to say yes. And so a couple of things. First of all, I tried to tell you in October, I told you two months ago, almost that that man was not Mm -hmm. part of the problem. Okay. And you just, you, you just sidestepped me and I told you what it was. That is not the issue. The issue was first and foremost, Rome can't be built in a day. Okay. And what happens is sometimes it takes a while for things to be adjusted. Vance Joseph came in as a defensive coordinator this year. Yes, it got a little rusty, but as of recent weeks, he's done a phenomenal job. And I think that we have to applaud that. I have to even apologize to Vance Joseph because I said a lot of bad things about that man in social media lane. <laughs> and he has done a phenomenal job. Essentially, there's no way to go but up from that Dolphins game, right? But uh, he's always had the talent. It's always been there. And now he's finding he's he's doing what we thought that he would do. Sean Payton as well. You know, I think that we thought because of his namesake, he was going to come in here and automatically implement the system and the Broncos were just going to be what we thought that they would be. And it, it just doesn't work that way. It takes weeks. It takes time. And now this is what we're seeing now is what we thought that the Broncos would be. But unfortunately for them, they just had a really slow start. Now, they're going to need some help, obviously in terms of trying to get a spot. But I don't think that it's out of the realm that they find a way to get into the playoff picture, which is going to be really interesting because being from one in five to beating, and I believe every team that they've beaten, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Liv, has been over 500. That's huge. And it says a lot for what they have to do down the stretch. And, and if they're able to beat teams that are over 500, that they have a really good chance of making this playoffs. I agree. And and you know what? I'm actually going to I'm going to counter one thing you said. I re- agree with you wholeheartedly in just about everything, but I'm actually not going to apologize to Vance Joseph because at the end of the day <laughs> at the highest level we're talking the highest level of football. There should never be a circumstance or situation where a defense that last season was a top 10 defense should be allowed to give up 70 points in an NFL game. This is not high school football. This is not peewee, YMCA, middle school, summer camp football. This is the National Football League. So I see a lot of people going, you know, rightfully so. There are some apologies that need to be made to Russ. Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm a Broncos fan, born and raised. We should have been frustrated. We gave up so much for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton and to start a season one and five. Yeah, we were pissed off. And I'm not going to take any of that back because it was a frustrating process as a fan to watch the talent that this roster had and I'm going to tell you right now it wasn't a lack of talent we're clearly seeing it was never a lack of talent it was a lack of effort and I coach dance team and I'm a coach and I'm considered the mean coach and I and I will probably always be the mean coach and what I always tell them we need is, videos I don't expect, we need videos of coach live I, I want you. videos I of coach live I want I, I want to see that what, what I always say to them is I don't I don't expect perfection but I do expect effort and what I was seeing as a Broncos fan was Russell Wilson couldn't do his job. He had the stats. He has the best ratio touchdowns to interceptions, but nobody wants to talk about that. Uh, We don't want to talk about how he's got better QB stats than Patrick Mahomes this season. The problem is we were putting him in a... Basically, he was being set up to fail because people like Holly do expect wins, right? That's what we watch football for. That's what you want as a fan. That's what you want as a watcher of football. But at the end of the day, Russ can't do his job if his teammates aren't showing up. He just can't. So Uh, a defense to me that did a mid-season glow up 
we um, we automatically saw a switch in the momentum for the Broncos when everybody showed up with the same effort as Russell Wilson. And I got to give my flowers to a guy like Russell Wilson. Is he a cornball? Yes. And I will never say otherwise. <laughs> He's a goofy cornball and I love him for it. But one thing That's that right. I do want to say is amidst all the media scrutiny, amidst being dragged through the mud, he remained so positive. He never gave up on this Broncos team. He never gave up on this offense. He never gave up on Sean Payton. He has been positive through it all. And now he's finally getting the opportunity to quiet the haters. And I love to see it because he could have been a Zach Wilson post game. I remember this last season where Zach Wilson took no accountability for having a bad game. At the end of the day, whether you were the reason that they lost or not, you are the leader of the team. That's what the quarterback is. They are the leader of the team. And Russell Wilson has maintained positive energy. He has stayed locked in despite a one in five start to the season. So not only are we now seeing it click for the Broncos, but this momentum, it, it's I, I, it's scary to me, the momentum that they've got right now, because to pull yourself out of a one in five start and to do what you're doing now is exceptional. So I, I, I give my kudos to a Vance Joseph defense now that has turned things around, although I will not apologize to him because, dear God, it should never happen, 70 points on a board. That's just insane. But right. what a turnaround. What a turnaround for this okay. team. Mentally and well, physically. I, I, I'll tell you what. I'm going to ask you about somebody else in a second. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you about him in just a second, Liv, and I'm gonna, I want you to comment on this guy too, Rita. But before we get there, not only do I want those videos of Coach Liv, Okay. <laughs> Not only do I want those videos, I feel like it's it, like there's something there. Like I, I remember years ago, Peyton Manning hosted Saturday Night Live, and it was hilarious because he was like trolling the kids, and he was like mm-hmm. hitting them with footballs, and he was like, "Don't be <laughs> yes, a little." I love you know. that. Yes. <laughs> so, you know all that. I can imagine Liv, you know, giving great dance tips, but also like kind of scaring the kids a little bit. I bet you scare. I do them. a little. I do a little. Well, here's the thing. I don't. How do you deal with the parents? Let me. No, let me tell you. Parents probably worse than the kids. No, let me tell you. We have a very. I will speak so highly on on the group that I have because I think more than anything, I work alongside two other coaches. We have developed a phenomenal culture and I think that I'm going to speak I think this is important for any sport any any group of athletes no matter whether it's dance on a high school level or it's a professional athlete culture matters and I think that as coaches we've done a really great job of maintaining a positive culture the 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 dancers know that we don't want to hear from your parents we want to hear from you you know when you're in high school start (laughs) advocating for yourself you know because at the end of the day your parents aren't the one that ones that are in practice every day after school for three hours you are so if you have a problem with something we got to hear it from you and not your parents so I love this team I I am a little I just don't sugarcoat stuff I never have I never will ask Bill's Mafia they know all about it I don't sugarcoat a thing (laughs) not with my dance team not with Bill's Mafia not with anybody so that was so unnecessary it was a reminder. Just had to, the truth hurts. Just, just had to you know? go by I mean, and just give him a bop. Just bop him. Just I will always do a drive-by no. smack of Bill's Mafia on this show. Just know that. I will always do a drive-by every single so, time I'm here. So I, I look forward to those videos. I, I, want, I want to see that stuff. But I was going to ask you about it. I said there's a guy I want to ask you about. We talked about Russell Wilson. Yep. We talked about Vance Joseph. You're not going to give Vance Joseph credit for something he's supposed to do. Well, how about Sean Payton? Because he came in, highly paid coach. You had to mm-hmm. give up draft compensation for him. There's financial compensation for uh, for Sean Payton. So, how do you look at him at six? And, does he get credit for that? I mean, six and oh. five. 
Do, oh, do you give him credit? You. Let me tell you something. I think that it was really easy. Here's what I saw Broncos country doing it everywhere. And rightfully so. We just were looking for someone to blame. Like, how are we in this position? We've spent all of our money. We have no good picks. We like our trade options are limited. Like, what do we do? So we were just like grasping at straws to try to blame someone. Right. But what I think a lot of people are forgetting to realize with Sean Payton is that he had to not only come in and and coach the way he wanted to coach, but he also had to clean up other people's messes. I mean, the Broncos, a lot of times you get a new coach, right? And it's like, okay, this is the one missing piece that we have. There were a lot of things that the Broncos needed to fix from last season to this season. And so I feel like he had to mm. clean up somebody else's mess before he could do what he wanted to do with the Denver Broncos. Okay. And obviously a lot of people would expect you do that in the, you know, preseason. That's where you kind of get the kinks out, but there was a lot to tackle. And I think more importantly, there was a culture that had to be changed. And that does not happen overnight. Uh, that to me was the start. And then once the culture got established, you know, you saw all these things and everyone was laughing. He's like, no sunglasses. You better stay in uniform, no visors or bucket hats or whatever he said. And a lot of people were like, well, that's foolish. That was culture. He was building a culture of, I don't play. You're not getting your own office. You don't get to do this, this, and this. He had to fix the culture first and then, okay, hmm. let's get you playing. Let's see what kind of, you know, playing style, how we want to run the offense, what we're going to do with the Vance Joseph defense. And um, they almost had to learn as they went, which I think is why they got such a slow start. But rightfully so, NFL fans are impatient. We want to win right now. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want you to tell me after you're one and five, oh, we're getting there. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm sick of waiting. So I get it. I get the frustration by fans everywhere. But yes, Sean Payton deserves an insane amount of credit. But I think when you're paid well, when you're compensated well, when Broncos fans know all that was given up for a Sean Payton and a Russell Wilson, the bar is set higher and it should be. So I think that was probably where the frustrations uh, were coming from. You agree with that, Rita? Yeah, I mean, I agree with it. Um, I, I think we as fans generally uh, want instant gratification um, and we yes. want things to happen right then and there. We want our fingers snapped and see, you know, progress. It just doesn't work that way. And and, and the sooner that we realize that, the better we off we'll be in understanding processes. If you're changing complete cultures, you don't do that in a week or two. It, it takes time. Oh. Um, implementing systems takes time. It's something that just does not happen overnight. And And I'm guilty of it. You know, with my own team, I'm, and I'm I'm sure that everyone else is, and so we just gotta learn to have a little bit more patience. We just don't, as fans, we just don't understand what that word means, and that's the problem. But luckily <laughs> for the Broncos, they found a way to finally get things rolling before the season ended, and now they have an opportunity to compete in the playoffs as a result. They do have an opportunity to compete in the playoffs, and so we look, you know, as we uh, charge toward Las Vegas in the Super Bowl, the number one thing we look forward to that weekend is obviously the Super Bowl. But one of the things that comes out then is also MVP. Uh, Rita, I'll start with you. Uh, who do you got as, as MVP of the league right now? Vegas, the bookmakers, uh, the odds makers say one thing, and uh, you may say something else. Who do you have as your MVP of the league? 
I mean, obviously right now for me, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. I think that he's just playing at a phenomenal level. You know, once again, they are only at one loss this year. Again, um, just after being removed from the Super Bowl, I don't think that that's ever been done before. And and obviously Hurts has a big part into that. Um, you know, we're going to talk about Mahomes. And even though Lamar's numbers aren't going to be great, you know, there's going to be a conversation for him. But I think that Miles Garrett should be something, uh, someone that we should be having a conversation about. I, he has what? played so great this year. And it's unfortunate that the MVP award essentially goes to quarterbacks now. That's just kind of, we should just call it the quarterback award and then give it, get make make a new award for somebody else. Because um, there, there's just not going to be a non-quarterback at this point. But I think that Miles Garrett is, is the generational talent that we thought he would be. He has absolutely been this season. And he's a big part of why the Browns um, were only have four losses and probably would really be in a position to make a good playoff run had Deshaun Watson not gone down. So I know it's not going to happen. It's probably going to be Jalen, and rightfully so. I just think that we have to start having more conversations about what Miles Garrett has done this year for the Cleveland Browns and why that they only have four losses thus far. Who you got, Liv? Yeah, I mean, we know this is a this is a quarterback award, although I don't believe that it should be. Um, I, I think that somebody that I look at that I am constantly impressed by, and I think the reason we don't talk about him as much as we should is because we just expect it from him, but that doesn't mean he shouldn't be, you know, um, acknowledged for it. And that's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, and what I, what Mm. I really love about Christian McCaffrey is he is on a team of offensive superstars and he still finds a way to be a game changer. Uh, I think that speaks to the level of talent that he has and the consistency that he has shown for this 49ers offense. Um, we, we know that years back, there was all the concerns about his injuries and, and all those sort of things, but he's been healthy and he's been dominant. And that is someone to me that should be highly considered for an award like this. Because again, we, you know, he had all these moments where he has a touchdown, like what was it like seven game streak of touchdowns or something even maybe even more insane than that. And now we don't we don't really talk about him because we expect it. We expect it either on a Monday, a Thursday, or a Sunday that he's going to go ballistic and he's going to be in the end zone. And so I think when you expect that much greatness from someone, it, it's worth acknowledging. Um, I think he's an exceptional talent and he's done exceptional things for the 49ers. So to me, I'll call him my sleeper pick. I do think Jalen Hurts right now is probably the favorite and will likely get it if the Eagles continue to win and make a deep playoff run like I think most people expect. But you got to look at guys like, I mean... Non-quarterback, I like Christian McCaffrey. That'll be my sleeper pick. Yeah, I like that. I like I like uh, both of the cases for for um, for McCaffrey and for Miles Garrett. It's gonna be you know, it's gonna be Jalen Hurts. I mean, it looks like that yeah. right now, especially <laughs> yeah. if Philadelphia continues to win. But you know what, Rita? I, I think it's a good time uh, to have the conversation, and, and this is to take nothing away from whoever wins MVP. I think. We should get the MVP winner, whoever it is in February, and then immediately start having the conversation, start working some of these voters and say, okay, what will it take? I mean, realistically, you've never had uh, a, def- a defensive player win. You never had an MVP win this thing, or you never, I mean, you never had a wide receiver win the MVP. Wide receiver, yeah. What Wide receiver, you have a defensive player, but not a, a wide receiver. Wide receiver, what, yep. What will it take for that to happen? Like, for example, for a defensive player like Miles Garrett, does he need to be? Does he need to have those stats on a defense like the 2000 Ravens had? Do you need to be on a defense like the 2002 Buccaneers had? Do you need like to be on the Legion of Boom? Is that what you need? So you need a guy 
a transcendent guy on a just an unbelievable defense. And if that's your standard, why is that your standard? And then for a running back, you know, Adrian Peterson run it or uh, won it. But look at his numbers over 2000 yards. Is that the threshold you need for a running back? I mean, I, I really feel like the voters need to kind of give us a little bit more context for what they're looking for, because this is kind of we've gotten into a rut that I'm not really comfortable with. I mean, it shouldn't yeah. just be a great quarterback on a, on a very good team. That's kind of boring. Let's, yeah, let's switch I, it up a little bit. Remember back in the day, um, like, and, and look, like, for, for instance, baseball for Cy Young Award, it used to be like 20 wins. They, they used to be like the, the typical standard, right? And if you if you wasn't 20, if no one had 20, it was close to that. And remember back in the day, Holly and, and Liv, back in the day, they had, like, 20 sacks was a thing. It, it meant a thing. Because I know you and right. I, Holly, remember the Michael Strahan uh, with yeah. Brett Favre went down. Brett Favre. His yeah. Remember, yeah. that was, you know, that happened. So... I think you do have to have some type of criteria because you're. This is an offensive-driven league, right? If it, if Miles Garrett comes up with, I don't know, twenty-one sacks in a, in a league that is predicated right now on offense and making sure that you know there's high scoring going on, do you not put him in a category? You know, and and look for Miles Garrett. That's kind of hard because it's, you know, because of you know what he's able to do and and such. But if he's doing something at such a high level in a league that really has created a lot of boundaries against defensive players, I just don't see why he's not in a conversation. I don't know what that criteria is because then you got to start putting tackles for loss and you know all these other things. But it's just not fair for us to just automatically assume that an MVP player should ultimately be the quarterback and that's where I stand with that I love the Christian McCaffrey pick too by Liv I felt justice for Christian McCaffrey because he should have won the Heisman when Derrick Henry won all those years ago and I'm never gonna forgive that for happening I just feel like he's underrated continuously throughout his entire career and he definitely deserves some type of recognition for sure agreed all right good stuff all right, Liv. Uh, I apologize one more time on the way out. And I apologize to Russell Wilson. Russell, I, I wish you well in your future endeavors. You, you, you promised to do a less ride, so let's let's close with that, shall we? You did. You did. Less ride. <laughs> yeah. Less ride. <laughs> Who keeps voting for Ohio State? I saw that. I saw your little feed item. I'm sorry, Ohio State. Honestly. They do not deserve to be number one. I'm sorry. Oh, who keeps making Ohio State to be number one? What's that? What's that? What's that? What's up with that? What's that about? I'm sorry. Rita? They don't need to be number huh? one. Michigan is better than them right now. I'm sorry. Oh, they're better? Right better now, at I think. Stealing. They're better at stealing <laughs> right now. <laughs> I said that Ohio State should not be the number one team in the country because they're not. At the end of the day, okay, Georgia, who has won the championship last year, should have been number one. They're last still two years. Last two years. The last two years, back-to-back champions, should still be number one. That is what I said, and I meant that because it's true. So I'm so, so it's not disrespect if it's true, Holly. And finally, hmm. the committee agrees with me. You go say something. You go say something. This is my right face. Vincent Vincent Goodwill is here. And, you know, I'm going to let you talk. I just want to let you know. I want the people to know that you're not a nice person. 
uh, because on Saturday morning, I believe it was Saturday morning, I got a text with this sign, this very disrespectful Ohio State <laughs> sign that Vinny sent me on a Saturday morning, Saturday morning. And then um, after the game, when I'm still trying to recover, I'm wounded, it's raw. Vinny goes, hello? Hello? You there? You okay? You know, okay, Vinny, what you want to say about it? What you got to say, man? Go ahead. I'm just here to check. I am just here to check on my friends. You know what I mean? I'm literally just here <laughs> to show up. I like your sign. What's your sign? <laughs> check on my friends. Because I'm old enough to remember. I'm old enough uh, to remember when Ryan Day said he was going to hang 100 on the University of Michigan three years ago. He said he was going to do that in one game. And you know what happened? That sign over there looks like a, looks like a Lakers score. It looked like the Lakers in 76ers. 117 to 74. It is a new day. A new day. You get that? Did you get that? New day? Ryan yeah. Day? New day. I like it. It's great. So, I mean, so I'm curious. What was the most heart-wrenching moment for you? Was it right before the interception? Was it the touchdown that you thought was going to be an interception? Was it the missed yeah, field well, goal? What what hurt the uh, most? Just talk, talk to me. Talk to I'm your therapist first today. Of all, First of all, that's a good that's a good sign right there. That's a good sign. Uh, you know, a new day. That'd be a good. That's a good feed item too. It's a new day. I mean, you can, I, I can see that uh, in your feed uh, one of these days. So, um, well, we might. Yeah, be what hurt the most? Feed. We might be seeing it in your feed one of these days if he get fired. <laughs> well, let, well, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. I'm gonna let y'all before I tell you about my pain because if I tell you about my pain, it's gonna sound like an excuse. So mm. now, Rita, you need to, Rita, you get some of this pie too. You get in there because uh, you tried to tell me too. Uh, what else would you like to say about Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Michigan going to the college football playoff? Most likely uh, Iowa's got no shot. Uh, they beat Ohio State for the third year in a row. That's three straight wins over Ohio State for Michigan. They're feeling themselves. They should be. Rita, what would you like to say about it? I mean, the pendulum has swung, unfortunately, Holly, as long as those two dudes are the head coaches there. Uh, you know, and it's funny because obviously the conversation is going to be like, is, should they fire Ryan Day? And it's, uh, I don't, do we have this conversation about any other rivalry except maybe Auburn and Alabama and turn, or maybe Texas and Oklahoma, right? Like, I feel like if, if you don't beat that one particular team, we're having conversations about firing somebody. And I think that Ryan Day is a really good coach. I just think that, you know, right now it's Jim Harbaugh's time to shine. You better hope and pray that they uh, get rid of the, uh, what did they vacate some of these wins? <laughs> And Ohio, no, no, no. State becomes, okay. Ohio State becomes a win okay. that they take off the books because they said that that man okay. was out there cheating. But otherwise, this is three straight, bro. I, what, what okay, are we listen, listen, I give it to you. I give it to you. Look, they, they deserve it. They Like, Michigan is a better team. Michigan is a better team than Ohio State. I'm saying that. No sarcasm. They are a better team than Ohio State. They deserve to win. Look, I felt like the, the little touchdown, I thought that was an interception. I thought so. Uh, the officials didn't. If he's playing on Sundays, if he's playing on Sundays, that's a pick. But he's playing on Saturdays. It's a touchdown, right? So, no, oh, look, 
Rita, am, am I right? Am I complaining? Is, is that fair? is that a fair comment that I just I, made? If it's not fair, I understand. But these do sound, but these do sound like excuses because there was more games uh, left. What did you think? You tell me. Did you think it was at Rita? You you'll be there because I know what Vinny's gonna say. I, did you think look, it was a touchdown? I listen. I think it's house rules. That's what I think. Oh no no no! I want what does Rita think? Don't worry about the house. I'm telling you, I ain't no, I'm about saying, the house. I'm saying that they played in the big house, and and so it's house rules. If it was in Ohio okay. State and it was a touchdown, I can live with then it. it's a touchdown. I can live with it. 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 I can live. There's not an excuse. Kyle McCord, not that guy, not good enough. Got it. Uh, Michigan's better, but I do want to point out to y'all, you you prisoners mm-hmm. of the moment. Uh, do you know? Okay, so who has a better record? Is Ryan Day's record against Michigan better than Jim Harbaugh's record against Ohio State. Let me just ask you, what do you who, who do you think has a better record? Harbaugh against Michigan, Harbaugh against Ohio State, or Ryan Day against Michigan? It's Ryan Day against Michigan, y'all. He's one and three against Michigan. Jim Harbaugh, if you give him credit, is two and five against Ohio State. Ohio State, the reason, the reason, no, no, he don't get this one. This is Sharon's. This is Sharon's. Oh, he doesn't get this. Oh, so so wait. So do you mean to tell me? So wait. So do you mean to tell me? Wait. Wait. So do you mean? Hey man. So wait. Do you? So do we? Wait. So I got. Are you kidding me? So do you? So do you oh, mean so Sharon, to tell me? Sharon, Sharon is zero zero. Sharon no, doesn't so, get. So Sharon, wait. So wait. I got you. I got you, Michael. So do you mean to tell me that Sharon Moore has the same amount of wins against Ohio State that Ryan Day has against Michigan? Is that what sure. you're telling me? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Hey. He coached this game. He coached this game. But but my point is, Jim Harbaugh gave up. Nobody was saying. Well, somebody probably was. But I, I, I'm gonna tell you how this thing swings. It's cyclical. It's a that's why it's a great rivalry. There are times if you've got the right coach, there are times you can win three games in a row. There are times where it does look like it's swinging one way or the other. Ohio State had a great run, 17 out of 20 against Michigan. That's rare. But the point is Ryan days hmm. uh, and, and, and Ohio Ohio State has scored 62 points against Michigan. Ohio State has beaten Michigan by 21 and by 25 in the last few years. And so now and you Michigan has won happened. three you- straight has won three straight against Ohio State. Now you want to fire Ryan day. I know some people in Columbus want to do it. I think they're wrong. I so think here's right. the I funny thing. That's an overreaction. You playing my violin over your music, over your what you're saying. This I get it. But you, you don't want because you don't want because you don't want to deal with the facts. The facts are 33 no. percent winning percentage is better, no. which ain't great. It's better than 28. No. We're talking about what okay. they did four years ago. We talking about now. Like, like he wants to he wants there. to he wants to poo he wants to poo poo three straight. Where I'm from, you lose three straight. I'm not poo pooing sticks. But wait. But if you want to go to history, <laughs> if you want to go to history, didn't John Cooper go two ten and one against Michigan? Yeah, that means he had two and thirteen nine. try. No, two, two and ten nine. and one, two ten and one. No, was that nine. was the record. I think it was ten. It was, I it was two nine. ten and I one. Might, have I Gary Carter look it anyway. up. Ten and one. All right, have him look Stay it up. Numbers. But the point is, but the point is, John Cooper never won a national championship at Ohio State. John Cooper couldn't get it done. It was clear he could not get it done against Michigan. I do not believe that Ryan Day is in a position where he can't get it done against Michigan. Last two years, blowout. Uh, two years in a row, blowout. 
Okay, you got to live with that. This year, uh, it, they, they had the ball. They had the ball with a minute to go, with a chance to win. They didn't do it. Give credit to Michigan. I'm giving credit to them. What I'm not doing is overreacting to the head coach at Ohio State, who has lost three games to Michigan and has lost three games in the playoffs and has never lost to another Big Ten opponent. Like, I'm not going to overreact to that. Jim Harbaugh has got a losing record against Ohio State. He's one game over 500, if not 500, against Michigan State. He's had his struggles. Like, okay, it's cyclical, y'all. It's a rivalry. It's a great rivalry. They'll be fine. Yes, it that's, is. That's, it is that's a, a nice rational Ryan way. That's a, that's a nice rational thing. You know what these are? You know what these are? These are Cartier glasses. And in Michigan, whenever a player gets a turnover, you know what happens? They throw on the buff. They have buff horns. They're white. Mine's old gold wires. I'm a little less trendy. So I'm just putting these on because you just talked about rivalries being cyclical. So if we're going to use the turnover theme, baby, the rivalry has turned. It's time for Ohio to hold up their end of the bargain. Because y'all have not, okay. as evidenced by and that correct. 117 to 74 score over the past three years, my friend. And and you were right. Uh, Gary Carter confirmed it. Yes, 210 and 1. You are correct on John Cooper. But I'm not thinking about John Cooper. I'm glad you got that right because John Cooper had to go out because at Ohio State, the standard is if you don't he win stuck around for 13 if, if years. He stuck around for 13 years. Let's not pretend so, I know. like they got rid of him. I know he like did. he was David they Tepper or something. Like let's let's not do they, that. They, let's they, not they, do that. They kept waiting. They kept waiting. It didn't happen. But that's the old. That's the pass. There are two things you got to do at Ohio State. You got to win a national championship. And you got to beat Michigan. The last three years they have not won a national championship. They have not beaten Michigan. I'm just wondering when's the last time Michigan won a national championship. I'm, I'm just wondering. Uh, just it's help me out with that. Since you got John Cooper, you know about you know about John Cooper. You, you know about John Cooper. When, you knew this when's was the last time? In. When's the last time Michigan won a national championship? Were you alive? You're a young man. Oh, you You're a young man, Benny. Wait, wait. Were you alive for it? Wait. Do you do you I mean don't think the you year? were with us? Wait. Hold on. I'm not that old. I'm not that. I'm not that young or that old. But I remember when Ohio-born Charles Woodson took a, took a uh, punt return back against Ohio State. That was dial-up internet days, baby. Title. That was that. That was. That was Vinny. That was that was Vinny Goodwill at AOL.com. You know, like 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 that's the old stuff. We ain't have Instagram. We ain't have Twitter or X. Come on now. We ain't even have Facebook. What you talking about? Win hey, a national championship. And then I'll talk down. to me in February. Come talk to me in February. How about that? Hey, okay. Okay. All right. Wow. You get to hell. Hail to the victors, valiant! Hail to the conquering heroes! Losing to what's the question? I got a question though. Losing to Michigan three years in a row. Do you put Day on the hot seat? Do you say, "Hey, next year is pivotal, or we got to move on," or do you just say, "You're a good coach overall. This is just a bump in the road." He's scared to. I'm not putting him on the hot seat. 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 He's a good coach. Scared I'm not going to throw away a coach. You scared to put him on the hot seat because it'll be false. I'm not. I'm not going to throw away a coach who just who lost three games in a row to Michigan. He didn't break any uh, rules. He wasn't suspended. We ain't have to fire. We ain't have to fire no coaches because of his actions. 